Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Rabbi Ari Kivman, Director of Chabad Seniors Programs and Rabbi at Santon Central Shul. It is a pleasure to be with you here once again today, the day before Rosh Hashanah. And as we're getting ready for our Jewish New Year, very exciting. We ask the Almighty to give us a new year with abundant blessings, a year when we could look forward to only good things going forward. And so with Rosh Hashanah coming out tomorrow evening, Shabbos, the 18th of September begins tomorrow night. It's right here, and no doubt you've been thinking about this, what this holiday will look like. Certainly very different this year. Our family in Melbourne won't even be able to go to shul. And with many of the senior citizens who I'm familiar with, although Rosh Hashanah is usually spent with family and community and friends, whether at home or at shul, this year, many of the people I know are not going to be making it to shul. Now, just to be clear, want to say abundantly clear to all my friends, you are welcome to go to shul, whichever shul you go to. There are so many strict protocols of proper physical distancing, although I'm sure there'll be that social bonds of closeness. I can tell you at our shul, we ensure everybody is sanitized, masked, distanced, cautious, and most importantly, joyous. But no doubt, it's understandable if you're going to be staying home. And so what we'd like to do today at this last moment is to go through whatever items, whatever thoughts are relevant to making your Rosh Hashanah at home. Last week we talked about what you should make sure to prepare, your shopping list and all that. Of course, there's a lot to prepare when it comes to Rosh Hashanah. And nothing can replace that that camaraderie of friends around the Yom Tov table together and being in shul and singing the soulful prayers, although I personally find some advantages of doing it in solitude and at home. I certainly enjoyed those moments when I was able to be there with my children and just us during lockdown. But there, there is, and I think one should focus on the positive, what can be done at home. And I hope I could go through some of those themes and things and make it the most meaningful yumptive you can experience under these circumstances. So first thing is just to think about the themes of Rosh Hashanah. It is the first day on the Jewish calendar, and it's a day of fresh beginnings. No matter what happened in the past year, Rosh Hashanah, we could turn over a new leaf, we could start afresh, whether it's in our personal lives, in our social lives, in our professional lives, and certainly in our sp- spiritual lives. We want to make it most meaningful, most impactful. It's a day of judgment. All living beings pass before God. God decides our destiny for the year. And so, as we say in the Rosh Hashanah prayers, Teshuvah, Tefillah, Tzedakah, that through prayer and repentance and charity, we will avert any harsh, any severe decree. And please, God, will all be granted abundant blessings. And of course, since it's the birthday of humanity, the day when Adam and Eve were created, tomorrow evening is their birthday. So we mark the day humanity was born as our Jewish New Year. It's not really only Jewish a holiday, I recall speaking with a rabbi in the past about Gentiles, Noahides, people who like to observe Jewish laws and customs, even if they're not Jewish, and it is actually a universal holiday. So, in a sense, you would think the world's creation should be the day that is celebrated as Rosh Hashanah, but that already was. The world was already 5,781 years old. Okay? The thing is that we are the purpose of why God created this world. God's entire purpose for this world is only fulfilled through humanity. 
So this is the day that we reflect and we commit ourselves to our unique individual purpose. And as I've said very many times to us here, that the fact you're born means you matter. It's a great teaching for Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. And you are indispensable to God's plan for this world. And so we have to remember that, that this, the fact that we're here means there's a purpose, there's a mission, there's a reason why we're here. Adam's first step when God created was to try to fulfill that purpose. And he invited all of creation together to crown God as king of the universe. And so we reenact that every year on this day, we do the same. In our prayers and through the shofar, we coronate God as our king and we submit to Hashem's rule. So this is what we have to do, Rosh Hashanah. We're going to celebrate this. And we it's, it's a day of deep introspection, a day of prayer. But it's not only solemn. There's, of course, our traditional beautiful family meals where we sing songs and eat delicious foods and there are so many rituals and customs and we went through some of them last week so we're going to keep it fairly brief just to go through the important highlights of Rosh Hashanah of course as they say the five P's proper preparation prevents poor performance right so we have to remember that the planning and preparation are key to it to every successful event and certainly for a very important holiday such as this. And especially this year, when you're doing it at home, you want to make sure that it is most meaningful. So while you still have a little more than 24 hours available, please make sure you have a machzor. Make sure you have the high holiday prayer book that includes all the prayers and blessings and the kiddush and the benching and everything you need for Rosh Hashanah. And you could probably still go to the bookstore or as our shul is lending to our congregants, I'm sure you could touch base with your shul and borrow a machzer from your shul. You can also get on our website, ChabadSouthAfrica.org. We have so many resources and lots of information. And we've prepared a booklet to that's going to be distributed today and tomorrow to hundreds of senior citizens. So if you need that booklet, I don't think we could provide you a printed copy any longer. But you could certainly download it. And if you wish, you could find it on our website. You can message me and I can send it to you. And... You can have a guide for how to do Yom Tov at home. Just download it, print it before Yom Tov. Make sure you have all your favorite holiday dishes, all the gastronomic delights you wish to enjoy. Make sure you have challah, round challah, wine, grape juice, whatever you like to enjoy. All the traditional symbolic Rosh Hashanah foods, have them all ready. Make sure you have your candles. Make sure you have a 24-hour candle so that when you light candles on Saturday night, the second night after the stars are out, then you can light from a pre-existing flame. But the most important mitzvah of all of Rosh Hashanah is to hear the shofar. So make whatever arrangements possible to hear the shofar on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Either contact your shul or call us at Chabad House and we will make sure that there's somebody who could blow shofar for you as long as there's a rabbi within walking distance of your area. I know that my Sunday in Santon is booked up. We are blowing shofar everywhere. People have called me. We're going to buildings. We're going to private residences. We're going to hotels. We're going to be blowing shofar in the parks. We're blowing everywhere. And so make sure that is the most important mitzvah is that you hear the shofar. Either join up with a public shofar blowing location or see if your rabbi or a friend, one does not need to be qualified as a rabbi. Anyone can blow the shofar. You just have to be familiar with the rules. So... If you don't know the rules yourself, then see if you could connect with somebody who does and have them blow the shofar for you. Make sure that you prepare yourself, not only physically, that you have the food 
and you have your shofar and your machzor, which are all very important, but it's also necessary to prepare spiritually for Rosh Hashanah. So set aside whatever time today, tomorrow, and reflect. Think about the past year. Take stock of how it's been and acknowledge all the good as well as the not so good and see, resolve how we're going to fix it. What can we do to improve and to become better for the coming year? And this isn't only about our relationship with God. Very importantly, this has to do with our relationship with others as well. Well, tomorrow evening, you make sure to light your yumt of candles and candle lighting. Tomorrow evening is at 5.44 p.m. here in Johannesburg. In Durban, it's at 5.32 p.m. And in Cape Town, 6.22 p.m. That is your local candle lighting times. And make sure you say the appropriate brachas as you'll see them inside your machzor or inside your high holiday guide because you have to make sure to say the blessing not only for the festival, but also for Shabbos. It is both. So you're going to say the bracha, asher kedishanah b'mitzvah s'vetzivanu, l'hadlik ner shel Shabbos v'shel yom hazikaron. Now the truth is, I think there are other customs out there. I'm only sharing with you what the Chabad custom is. So if you have a different custom, do what your custom is. And make sure also to say the blessing of Shehechianu. Shehechianu vekiyemanu vehigiyanu So don't forget the blessing of Shehechianu as well when you're lighting your Shabbos and Yom Tov candles tomorrow evening. Now, if you are not going to shul, you'll be davening at home. Of course, if you're going to shul, great. This will be, make sure you keep your social distancing and all the other rules the COVID-19 regulations that are relevant. But if you're diving at home, then what I recommend is to select a suitable location, find a nice place, whether, you know, ideally at a table or in front of a wall, with a comfortable place to sit and, of course, to stand for the Amida if you're able to do so. It could be looking over nature, but make sure you don't have distractions. And it would be even nicer if you invite your family who are with you to daven with you, if you have family around. And, you know, it, it's good that people should be dressed uh, modestly and appropriately get dressed uh, like reminding myself and my children even if you're away even if you're in the Karoo or in Kruger or wherever you are for Yom Tov, it's still Yom Tov. you're still getting dressed you're not dressing to impress anyone you're dressing to honor the day so be dressed nicely and you could daven even without a minion but it's good to daven at the same time as the minion so see what time your shul's davening most shuls are probably davening about 6pm tomorrow evening and daven the same time as them because then you're davening together with your community and it is all the more pleasurable and high when the, for all the prayers to rise at the same time. Now, tomorrow evening we daven Myriv. Now, don't forget that it is also Shabbos. So we're going to start with parts of Kabbalah Shabbos. We greet Shabbos. Shabbos is the queen. But we take, it's important, of course, to, to welcome Shabbos and to to respect, to revere, and honor Shabbos, but because it's Yom Tov, and we don't want to distract, we don't want to detract from the focus of the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah, so the Kabbalah Shabbos part is a little bit shortened, it's abbreviated. So it's going to be an abridged version, and uh, at least in the Chabad tradition, we start with Mizmar Ladavid, and move into Lechadodi. I'm sure there's other traditions out there, so I won't speak for the others, but... Lechadodi, sing it with great joy. And don't forget, as we get to the last stanza, and you turn around to welcome the Shabbos queen into your home, into the room, and you're singing the last words of Lechadodi, 
You sing, Boi Kala, Boi Kala, come my bride, come my bride. And for those who don't say Besimcha a whole year on a regular Shabbos, then you're going to say Gam Besimcha Uvetzahala. So those are some of the special things you're going to do. Now, of course, there is a beautiful tune to start the evening prayers. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. So I'm sure you're familiar with that tune. And even if you're not in shul, it is nice to sing that tune. And sing the tunes that you're used to. You know, who's there? Nobody's going to judge your voice. Sing whatever tunes you like in your home, in your space. It's your place. You sing as you like. Nobody's to bother you. After all. It's Rosh Hashanah, you're in your house, you're celebrating Yom Tov, so try to even sing to the appropriate tunes. Of course, your prayer is valid, even if you don't sing to the to the to to that specific tune, but it's still good that you do, and uh, I recommend that you do your best singing to whatever tunes you are familiar with. Now, of course, there is also, you know, even the ordinary prayers that we say on Rosh Hashanah, it's important that you... You reflect on it, and there's, there's a concept called pirushamilos and having kavana, which means to understand what you're saying. It shouldn't just be a lip service. It shouldn't just be that you're just uh, rattling off words. You want to understand what you're saying in your prayers. So I recommend that you take some time to to read the translation, read the meaning of the words, so that it's not just words but that there's meaning and understanding and appreciation to everything that you're saying in your prayers. There is a particular tune, so see if you can do it in that tune. Now, one prayer that stands out, we always say it, but do we focus, do we spend time to appreciate and understand its meaning? So let's think about the Shema, okay? The Shema is the oldest, the most central of our prayers. It declares God's unity and it, it's not just a prayer. It, it, it is a meditation. It's a journey on its own. We cover our eyes. We focus. We contemplate. Shema means to listen, to perceive, to be aware. So it's a journey that begins with the mind. We visualize the heavens above and all their majesty. The earth below and all its creations and beauty. Just think about it. Travel through your own life. and The many stories that your life contains those who've touched your heart and your love towards them and find within all these the oneness of a single being found within all things and yet beyond all time and space. And from there, you will lead into saying the Shema with concentration. It's it's the most popular Jewish prayer and it encapsulates the theme of Rosh Hashanah really essentially. Because this is the day that Adam crowned God as king of the universe. And every year on this day, we're doing exactly the same. We stand before God and we declare our allegiance. It's a powerful moment that leaves us feeling uplifted and humbled. To speak to God in an elevating experience. And it's incredibly humbling to know that God pays careful attention to us, to our heart, to our mind. So take the time, say the prayers. And we'll be right back and we'll talk more about the Rosh Hashanah evening prayers and even the dinner. We'll be back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.
Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here at 101.9 High FM. And we are getting ready and closer for Rosh Hashanah, which is tomorrow evening. And we've been talking about the prayers, especially if you are praying at home, you want to make it most meaningful. Well, you're up to the Amida. How do you make the Amida meaningful? I mean, really, the words themselves, if you just focus and concentrate on the words and the meaning of the words, and that you're standing before the Almighty and you're talking to God, that in itself is sufficient in a sense, right? So you stand, you face towards Jerusalem, north here, ideally to stand in front of a wall or a table, and take three steps back and three steps forward and visualize approaching God as God sits on his great throne. And you know, every Amida has a theme. The theme of the Rosh Hashanah Amida is our, heart, our, our heartfelt plea that the world embrace God as its creator and sovereign, that we serve God, and that we tremble in all before God's majestic grandeur. We know that we have to open our hearts to God with sincerity, but regardless of how open we are, there's that unbridgeable gap between us finite human beings and the infinite God. But now we can only believe in God, but we can't see God. So if we can't see and know God, as Moshe Rabbeinu told us, no man could see God and live, but when Mashiach comes, then we'll see God and know God with the same intimacy that we know ourselves. And so we pray for that time to come. And we ask that the Yavin that everything should know that you have made it. And that everything that has been created know that you created it. And everyone who has the breath of life in the nostrils declare that God is king over the entire world. So we remain standing after the Amida. Actually, the Amida itself is... What does Amida mean? It means standing. It's a standing prayer. It's also a silent prayer. Our lips move. But the words... Right, we, we, we stand in awe. We stand ready to receive the wonder of God right before our very eyes. And so that is the Amida. But after the Amida, remain standing. We're going, as a Shabbos, you're going to say the prayer of Vayachulu, describing God's creation of the world. But after that, there's another beautiful and very powerful prayer called the David Mizmar. Le-David mizmai, la-shem ha-retzum lo-hiya, te-vel describes the earth and everything in it belongs to Hashem. Because God founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And this prayer describes how God decides the entire fate of humanity for the coming year. And God determines whether what we're going to have. It means the beginning of this first night of Rosh Hashanah, our term for the past year ends, the whole entire world is set aside on probation. Will God agree to give us another year? And that all depends on how deserving we are of it. So by acknowledging and realizing that our entire future hangs in the balance, we recite the psalm that reminds us and we, we tremble. We recognize that during the course of the year, we oftentimes place our hands in the, our, our health, in the hands of the medical experts, our prosperity, in the hands of 
of others, of employers, of government. And maybe we forgot that everything comes from God. So this is a reminder that we recognize that, you know, uh, who's really in control? Maybe that's what this whole Corona is about. And we recommit ourselves to God. We declare our allegiance to Hashem as the one and only King. We hope that God will forgive us, forgive our past shortcomings, and judge us by the resolutions that we make on this day to be better for the coming year. And that is Le David Mizmar. Of course, all our prayers end with Aleinu L'Shabeach. Aleinu is a paragraph that it's a passage in which we praise God for having chosen us as we say in the Lesakein Olam, to fix the world, as you know that that expression, Tikkun Olam, it's a statement of who we are. We are messengers of light. We are healers of the world. God chose us to be as his partners in this. And so we say the Aleinu prayer, and after that, pretty much, davening is over. But... We don't just end and go home. There is a special greeting that is customary for everyone to share with each other. Lashana tova We wish each other to be inscribed and sealed for a good, sweet year. And our sages tell us that the truth is we have to, you know, altia birchas hedjit which means that every one of us has the power to grant blessings. Never underestimate the power of a blessing. We should utilize the powers that we as individuals have that we could bring blessings to others. So yes, although Shana Tova is a common greeting this time of the year, we only say the full version on this night of Rosh Hashanah because we're all being judged. All of humanity is being judged. And we should assume the best of each other. We should only judge positively and by us judging others in a positive light. You know, it's interesting that Bashantav asks the question. It says in Perkyavas, you should know, you should be aware of Lifnamiata Asiditin Din Vikeshban before you're gonna give a judgment and accounting. Doesn't the accounting come before the judgment? And the Bashantav says, you know, the way we judge others, that's the way God judges us. And that's why the judgment comes before the accounting. Our accounting is based on the way we are judgmental of others. Let's not be judging others, but let's certainly at least find favor, see favor and, and, and good and merit in other people. So just as we want to be inscribed for a good year and a Rosh Hashanah that's going to be determined, so we wish each other a, all the blessings for a good and a sweet year. And we realize that, you know, everything coming from God, everything the Almighty does is good, inherently good. The only thing is like a bee that gives stings and gives honey. That sometimes even the good from God stings. The coronavirus stings. I mean, who hasn't been inf- impacted? The the financial, psychological impact of this pandemic on people in so many different ways. So we say, God, we want the good that's sweet. We want the good that we could feel the goodness in our lives. And that's why the the blessing, the greeting is that we wish each other Lashana Tova Umasuka for a good and a sweet year. Only sweetness. Why don't we say Happy New Year? Don't you, isn't it common in other, uh, you know, uh, New Year's time? Everybody wishes each other, uh, Happy New Year on January 1st. Why for Rosh Hashanah don't we say also Happy New Year? 
Doesn't that make a little bit more sense to say Happy New Year to each other? And my friends, I just think about that. We had Justin Cohen the other evening on our webinar. And he talked about the psychology of happiness and five keys to happiness. And Justin is a great motivational speaker. He really gave a lot of great insight. But one thing that stood out to me is in Rosh Hashanah, we remind ourselves that our goal is not really to strive for personal happiness. We want to strive for goodness. And that's where we're saying, Tova. if we do good, then don't worry. Happiness will follow. Happiness is a byproduct of a meaningful life. People make doing good and attaining good character more important than their own happiness. They're going to be happy because they're there, they're helping others, they're serving others. You think about life as like a bus ride. And on the bus ride of life, there are people who get on and off at different stops, different locations. People arrive at their certain times and people get off, they reach their destination. The only one who's staying on the bus for the entire ride is the driver. Why? Because he is needed or she is needed. And likewise, we wish each other a good year that we should be needed. We should be here to serve others. We should, and, and you know what? I can tell you from personal experience, even if you're sometimes a little bit down, but when you're there for others, when you're helping and assisting and inspiring and influencing others, then there's no doubt that your happiness will follow as well. It's not that you're pursuing happiness. That's why perhaps people wake up the morning after New Year's with a big hangover because they were pursuing a happy New Year, but they only found short-term enjoyment and long-term pain because it was all about that narcissistic, hedonistic treadmill where it's all about what's in it for me. You know, one of the beautiful traditions that we do in Rosh Hashanah, we give out apples and dip it in honey, right? We understand the honey for a sweet year. And as we explained, the bee gives stings and honey. So we ask God only for the sweetness. But look at the apple. The apple, you ever counted its seeds inside? How about this time, when you look at the seeds in the apple, think about how many apples are in the seed. Yes, each of those seeds has the potential of growing, of blossoming, of becoming many more apple trees and producing so many more apples. And that's what we should see in others as well. The potential that each individual actually inherently has and the good within each person. That's why the Talmud tells us, you save one life, you saved an entire world. One person, just imagine what, what good that one individual could achieve and could accomplish, let alone if that person's even able to bring more lives into the world. But one individual is a whole universe. And that's perhaps why if you think about when that seed is placed into the soil, it has to actually disintegrate. It has to start to decompose before it can blossom, before it could grow into a new apple tree. Because we have to let go of that eye. Once we're in the soil, when we're focused on the eye, we have to let go of the eye. When we focus on the you, and that's the difference between soil and soul. S-O-U-L. What can I do for another? And that's the key to a good year and you'll also achieve the happiness. So, of course, when we greet each other tomorrow evening, Lashana Tova Tikasem, make sure that we all be inscribed, please God, for a good year. That we should have peace of mind and a sense of self-worth that comes from the goodness and the holiness that's inherent in each one of us and see that goodness in those around us as well. See the goodness in the others. See the goodness that exists in this world. There's so much goodness that exists. All we have to do is to be aware of it. And of course, if you're at Shul, you'll go home.
But if you're already home, then get straight to Kiddush. Enjoy Kiddush. Gather the family around together. And uh, it's Shabbos, so you could sing Shalom Aleichem. In some traditions, we actually sing it quietly, not to detract from the focus of the Yom Tov. And open the Kiddush. There's a very special Kiddush for the festival. It is, after all, Rosh Hashanah. So there is a special Kiddush for Rosh Hashanah. And find it in your Machser. Sing it according to the traditional beautiful tunes. He could conclude with, Melech al kol ha'oret hashabos na 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 the Yisrael So you'll conclude Kiddush as you like. Of course, don't forget the bracha of Shehecheyanu. If you said it earlier at candle lighting, then you won't say it at Kiddush. But otherwise, you're going to say Shehecheyanu as well. Don't forget the second night, the Kiddush is a little bit different of an order. I'll try to get to that just now. There's a special mnemonic to remember it. It's called Yak Nahaz. The order is Yayin Kiddush Ner Havdalazman. First, make the blessing on the wine, on the grape juice. Then you're going to recite the Kiddush, which is followed by the blessing on the candle, and then the Havdalah, and then finally Shehachianu as well. And on the second night, you're going to go immediately to enjoy a new fresh fruit. Whereas first night, since we'll try to go back in order, you wash your hands as is ritually done before partaking of a meal, before eating bread, and then you're going to eat the chalas dipped in honey. And you'll notice that the chalas are round. They are not braided like the usual Shabbos challah is. And that symbolizes our hope that as a round challah, you know, there's no formal end or beginning. And we want that our blessings should be endless as well. And there's lots of other foods that we eat. Don't forget the chalas dipped in honey. We want sweetness. And you're going to dip the apple in honey. And there's a special blessing and prayer that we say. We ask God to renew for us a good and sweet year. There are other wonderful traditional foods lots of people eat. So uh, there's pomegranate. That's merit. The pomegranate has lots of seeds. We want, of course, that our merits should be as numerous as the seeds like a pomegranate has. There's people have head of a fish or head of a uh, sheep. And that is symbolic of being uh, a head and not a tail and to have good leadership. And there's carrots, which in Yiddish is called merin, which means to multiply. We want our merits and our bank accounts to multiply. And there's beets, which in Aramaic, the word is silka, which means to remove. We want God to remove any negativity from our lives. And there's squash, which in Hebrew is called kara, which also means to read aloud. So we want our merits. There's so many. And just follow your community's customs. Don't forget to conclude your meal. Enjoy singing joyous songs. And at the end of your meal, to bench or should I say, say, be a mensch and make sure to bench. We'll be right back just now. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 High FM. And it is quite a busy day today. We're trying to get out lots and lots of food parcels to senior citizens in our community. If you want to be part of this, let me know. If you know any senior citizens who could benefit from these food parcels, likewise, let me know. And let us just look at a few highlights of the Rosh Hashanah prayers, because we know that the Rosh Hashanah davening is quite a bit longer than most days of the year. And of course, it's a very important day. It requires a lot of introspection. We should reach the space deep within that is eternally connected to God. We have to transcend 
the pettiness and shallowness that, that, that we have, you know, throughout the year perhaps, and uh, reach for that profundity, that, that connection to Hashem that we all have. And in a sense, this year, I think it's actually a lot easier to reach the headspace. Of course, davening and shul, and I implore and welcome everybody to come to our shul. And you're most welcome. And your shuls and all the shuls are going to be open and would love to have you in a very safe and socially distanced way. But there are certain benefits of davening at home as well. There's a benefit that we could, you know, focus on our prayers without the distraction and noise and chatter and other things on the side. And perhaps you don't hear the rabbis talking about, okay, I won't talk about what rabbis talk about, fine. Um, the truth is, we rabbis probably spend a lot, a lot of time preparing and thinking through what we want to say. And especially this year, when we have to be concise with our words. But nevertheless, if you are at home, then you're going to have to sermonize to yourself. And what I recommend then is when you're doing that kind of thing, is to think what you would want to hear, what message you would want to go home with. What is it that talks to you? And you dive in at home, you could delve into your own personal journey. You don't need a rabbi to talk to you about it. You could go there without the distractions. Okay, I didn't mean now to tell anybody not to go to shul, God forbid. Don't accuse me of that. But the point I'm trying to say is that you could look at the silver lining, so to say, the benefit of being at home without those external distractions. And maybe you could have a stronger, more vibrant bond with God when you focus on those prayers. And in the morning, you're going to daven. There's the, the usual, Birchot HaShachar, the morning blessings. And then, of course, there's the Pesukit the songs of praise. Many shuls are starting off with the words of HaMelech. What is HaMelech describing God as the great king? You know, in the Chabad Machsa, there's a little story, very short, three lines, that says a story about Rabbi Aaron of Karlin, who used to recall, just before the words of HaMelech, the story of Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai. Remember, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai escaped Jerusalem pretending to be dead and meets with Vespasian and he calls him Hail Caesar and, uh, you know, gives him all the, the, the royal accolades and, and Caesar says to him, well, if you knew all along that I was king, why didn't you come earlier? To which, to which, of course, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai explained his reasoning. But just on those words, if you knew all along that I was king, why didn't you come earlier? Rabbi Aaron of Karlin would remember that story and he would cry, he would, it would touch a chord in him. All year long we know God is king. But in Rosh Hashanah we feel it. It seeps into our bones, it permeates us to the core. And the question is, what took so long? Where were we before? You know, when doctors tell somebody that they don't have long to live, what happens? They say, put your fears in order. You never know when a person's going to die. And we don't know. As we say in our prayers, it's in God's hands. So every day we have to live in that sense as if it's our last day. Carpe diem is what we say. Seize the moment. Don't leave anything for tomorrow that can be accomplished today. We can't postpone approaching God as our king until Rosh Hashanah. Every day. Today's the day before Rosh Hashanah. Well, today is an amazing day. Make the most of today. Seize this moment. Throughout the Rosh Hashanah services, we're going to sing so many times. Hayom, hayom, hayom. Hayom, hayom, hayom. There's so much about hayom today. Each day must be like Rosh Hashanah. And so, when you say the words, HaMelech, Yoshev, HaMelech, Yoshev, Ay, 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 ay,
Al ki seram or whatever similar version you use or here and your home so nobody will know the difference and sing it however you like. Remember, we sing here about Hashem, the King is seated on that lofty, sublime throne. And so many shuls are going to move through there quite quickly as we have a very limited amount of time. But at home, you have plenty of time. Look at the passages, the prayers that resonate with you. Spend time with them. After that, you say the blessings of Shema. Take some time. Think about the blessings of Shema. We spoke about the Shema earlier. Find Seed's message to you. It talks about loving Hashem. It is a message in it to each of us about the love for our children. This, this powerful and profound messages that we could all take from these prayers. I mean, to me, the Shema is, you know, we talk about the oldest and greatest Jewish prayer. And uh, for thousands of years, Jews lived and died by this prayer. But just think about the theme. It's about love. The Haftas Hashem to love Hashem your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Right? What do we say? Teach it to our children. We have to make sure that this is a message that is clear that, that our children, how do we teach it to our children? How do we say? It, it's something that is imprinted within us. How do we inspire our children? How do we influence them to love their Yiddishkeit? What can we do to make sure that this message is clear on them? We as parents, as grandparents, as educators, as leaders, we have to realize that the message of the Shema is not just to tell them, listen to us what we say, but rather we have to be the role models. We have to set that example. We have to be the ones who live the Shema. And then of course our children will will see it and the best teacher they have is us. They're walking, living examples. They're role models. So the message, when you say the Shema, focus, concentrate, Take the message in. Afterwards, you're going to spend some time with the Amidah. We talked about the Amidah before as well. But it's time, you know, you're going to say the Amidah silently to yourself. You could say the full Amidah to yourself. But then the repetition of the Amidah without a chazm, without a minion, one can't do. But there are parts of those passages that you could find that resonate with you. You could still read some of those prayers that are in the repetition and go through them. See what, see which ones. I mean, Here's one particular one that, that stands out to me here, which talks about how we have to improve our deeds, that we focus on, on our personal improvement. And I think this is a, this is a profound prayer that is worthwhile to, to spend a little bit of time on. And just look at, you know, I'm going to open my master because I just want to make sure that I share with you one of these insights that we, we look at in the, repetition of the Amida. And you, you think about here, this particular prayer, where it's talking about our efforts to do Teshuvah, to repent for our shortcomings on this day of judgment. And God weighs our actions. If we have more good deeds than sins, our verdict for the coming year is going to be a positive one. We know it's going to be good. And like, you know, conversely, we want to talk about that. But before we can repent, we have to take an accounting of our actions so we know the score. That's called cheshben anefesh. It's an accounting of our soul. So we have to take the time to really think about our behavior, our attitudes, our, our, our religious disposition, and resolve. This is Rosh Hashanah. It's a time to become better, to improve. So here we are. We know precisely the areas that we've 
been good at in the last year and the areas where we could use improvement. And this is the idea of improving in ourselves, working in ourselves. And if we could think deep within ourselves, then we realize that it's not about just offering sacrifices that we can no longer do as was done back in the temple, but about ourselves. We have our, our animalistic tendencies. If we could sacrifice that a little bit, if we could be a little bit more cognizant of what it means to be a good human being, to be a good person, to be a good Jew, those are all important things. Now, one important, one thing that stands out is Avinu Malkena, we always say every year. Avinu Malkena is one of the highlights of the Rosh Hashanah prayers, which we're only going to say once this year. It's a truly a heartfelt prayer seeking to reunite with God as our, as our Father. And so there's various stanzas, depending which version of Avinu Malkena, different Maksarim have so many different stanzas and lines. But this, this prayer is for healing and asking God for sustenance, for our personal needs, for our material needs, for our spiritual needs. And on Shabbos, we're not meant to ask for these things. And that's why we don't say this prayer on Shabbos. will only be said on Sunday. But just to think about this prayer, it's, it's a prayer, firstly, that was composed by Rabbi Akiva, who himself was a, a person who composed it with humility, not saying I'm entitled or I need this, but rather just asking God to provide for my needs. And I'm just reminded of a, of a king once gave a rabbi 50,000 U.S. dollars for his son's bar mitzvah as a present. And the rabbi said, you know, I think it's a lot of money for a 13-year-old boy. And the king's response was, for a little boy, 13 years old, you're right, it might be a lot, but a king has to give it the royal measure. And the same thing is for us. If we ask according to our measure, according to what we deserve, then, you know, who says we deserve? But... And then our blessings, of course, are going to be limited to what we actually do deserve. But if we ask according to God's measure, then the blessings are going to be infinite because God is going to give in a royal measure. So that's Avinu Makena, which will only be recited on the second day. Don't forget there's the Torah reading. And when it comes time for Torah reading, if you're not going to be with a shul, you're not going to be with a minion at shul, you're at home, well, it's still worthwhile to read the Torah reading with your family or at least yourself. And the first day's theme is the story of the birth of Isaac, Yitzchak Avinu. The Haftarah is the same theme. It's the story of the birth of the prophet Shmuel. Both their mothers, Sarah Imenu, as well as Hannah, the mother of Samuel the prophet, were struggling with fertility. They were barren for many years. Neither of them were able to have children by nature. Yet God remembered them for blessing on this day. And they conceived against the lot. And I think it's a very important message to us as well. Because... On this day, this is the day that God created the first human beings. It's a day of, of human life, okay? So because we realize it's a day of human life, the message for us is that despite all odds, it's a day that reminds us that God brings life into this world. If you know anyone who's struggling, whether it's with fertility or other matters in life, with their own health, this is a day of blessing that God blesses us. This Shabbos, God will bless us all. It's Rosh Hashanah, and God could could really turn over a new leaf and, in a way that transcends the laws of nature. We could all merit tremendous blessings. The second day's Torah reading is the binding of Isaac. God tested Avraham Avinu and Yitzchak, his son, their commitment. God instructed them, God instructed Avraham to place Isaac on the altar as an offering to God. And we know at the end, of course, you know, as committed as they were, God stopped them from doing it. And this reminds us that God is greater than life. If it ever comes down to a choice between God and us, we always choose God. Throughout Jewish history, thousands of Jews have died for God. 
But if you read this Torah portion, it teaches us something far more important than dying for God is living for God because that's the end of the story. God saved Isaac because living for God is so much more important than even than dying for God. So true, when circumstances force us to choose between God and life, we have to choose God. But under ordinary circumstances, the choice is not between life and death. It's between living for us and living for God. If our interests in life are physical enjoyment, bodily pleasure, we said before the hedonistic treadmill, all about my own selfish narcissism, then we're just living for ourselves. God told Isaac that he wants him to live, but a holy life, not a selfish one. God wants the same from us. God wants us to make our bodies into instruments for our souls, to turn our lives into sacred offerings. And this means to live each moment with a single objective, to serve God and to make the world a holier, better place. On the first day of Rosh Hashanah, we're not going to hear the shofar, but make sure on Sunday that you go to hear the shofar. We talked a lot about the shofar in previous weeks, so I'm not going to discuss much about the shofar today, but remember to hear the shofar. Then, after shofar, is the Musaf prayer. Musaf has three main themes. The first theme is called Malchus. This is about God's sovereignty of the world. We ask, you know, we read these prayers. There's actually one of them in, in the Elenu part of it where we, we, we actually kneel, we prostrate ourselves in submission to God. God asks us to crown Him as our sovereign on this day. And the key to crowning God is to submit ourselves to God's will. And that's the idea here. If you think about the Hebrew word for of ratzon, which means desire, and you rearrange the letters, play a quick scrabble, you're going to get the word sinar, which means channel. Our genuine desire for God to be our king channels God's willingness to lower himself to our level and be our king. The second theme is called zichronos, memories. Of course, God doesn't forget. We want God, we ask God to remember our good deeds and not be so cognizant of our shortcomings. And the third theme is shofros. Shofros is the idea of the shofar reminding us of our commitment to God at Mount Sinai, to our commitment to the Torah. There's many other special prayers throughout the Musaf. I'm sure you heard many of them here on Soul to Soul in the past week. One of the most famous ones is in Asana Tokef. We talk about who will live and who will die, who will be wealthy, who will be poor. And we ask God to provide us for, to really give us all we need for the coming year. Abundant blessings for us, for our families, for all our loved ones. Don't forget Mincha in the afternoon. Don't forget to enjoy good food. And this Tashlich on Sunday afternoon, go to hear, go to do the Tashlich prayers, which is recited at a pond or at a body of water. And ideally one that has fish because fish don't close their eyes. They don't have eyelids. And so we want God's ever watchful eye to be looking after us. And at the end of the day, we try to sing some very soulful songs and have a special prayer together, Mincha. And after Marv, there's Havdalah. And as Rosh Hashanah draws to its close, we do Havdalah. But remember, we said we're doing Havdalah on Saturday night too. It's a different type of Havdalah. And we're not going to have spices. We're not going to have the candle. Just the words of the Havdalah. I want to just conclude to wish everyone a good, sweet year. And to just realize we're entering a new beginning. We ask God for all the blessings. Even if circumstances have forced us to spend Yom Tev at home. And circumstances maybe have built a virtual wall between you and your friends but nothing can come between you and God. Whether you're at Shul or at home on Rosh Hashanah, the bond between us and God is vibrant, it's fresh, it's alive. So tap into that moment, tap into the blessings, tap into the energy on this beginning of a new year. Wishing you all Shana Tova. Carpe diem, seize the moment. All the very best.